coming to you from the Ecto Cruiserman Studio. Shotgun Dog Fire! Ghostbusters, what do you want? Bitch, how we do things downtown. All right, everybody. Welcome once again to another wonderful episode of the Ecto Cruising Podcast. I have another terrific guest with me. He is like super famous in the in the Ghostbusters community. He's one of the heavies of the GB fans community. See, I'm throwing it back. See, that's how long I've known you. Uh yeah. Yeah, uh, wildly famous movie star, TV star, TV <laughs> newsman. What else can I say about you? He is the uh, one, the only. Fresh breath. The one, the only Chase Ambrose of the Georgia Ghostbusters. Welcome aboard, Chase. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited. I haven't done a, uh, I haven't guessed it on a podcast in a long time, and I've never guessed it on one that is so uh, automobile centric is this one. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty hyped up. I know the one idea I had, I was like, well, how many Ghostbuster podcasts are there available? And you can only do every podcast about news or guests involving Ghostbusters. When I was like, what the heck? No one's, how many Ghostbuster cars are around? We could do just a simple Ghostbusters Ectomobile podcast. And voila, it came to me one day and just, Caught on like fire, but the first. Well, it's a good idea, and it's, it, you know I don't actually listen to most podcasts, but I've been catching yours, and it's good stuff. I mean, sure, we haven't found her voice yet, so we'll get to about episode forty-six or give or take. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but once again, thank you for joining us, Chase. You are a part of the Georgia Ghostbusters, yep. obviously. Um. How did you get involved with the Ghostbusters fan community? How did you get involved with Ghostbusters? Wow, this is this is going to go back in time. So I saw the film when it was new um, in the theater. I think I was around seven, and immediately that was all I played for the longest. I my first proton pack. I took an old book bag and a distributor cap from a Chevy 350 with a spark plug wire that uh, that was on the back of the backpack as the cyclotron spark plug wire goes around and connected to um, a piece of a, one of the old rooftop antennas that had like blown off in a storm. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I would run around and that was my first pack. But uh, as far as the actual community, as we know it today, uh, that would be back, Gosh, GB fans was still the Ghostbusters prop archive, so we're talking 90s, um, probably around 97, 98, somewhere around in there, uh, was, which 98 was a really big year for me. It was the year that I got my first hearse, it was the year that I got hired at Trauma, um, and it was really the year that I decided that I was going to try to see what the Proton Pack was built out of, and start a franchise, and, and, and go from there once I found out that franchises were a thing. 
And so, yeah, my first pack was solid wood. It had uh, the old school tricks that we all, all, all the old heavies knew of, of like a Hot Wheels track for the bumper and the end filter was a Pringles can and one of, one of those deals. And uh, now I actually, my wife and I are moving across town to a bigger house and so we're starting to kind of move things slowly so yes so we're taking things that we don't necessarily use all the time so yesterday in my mercedes i had five proton packs and two traps that i took over there to put in the house so uh been in it for a while and uh got got uh have had a lot of fun with it i ended up founding the georgia ghostbusters i think officially around 2005 or six something like that uh ron daniels was uh who is a legend in the community big D. and uh yeah so 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 big big d came on and uh my friend mitchell was the first mem- the first member and uh we've uh we've grown and you know we have members that do the uh the let's have some podcast or georgia ghostbusters uh we organize the dragon con stuff along with uh Dan Harshman and a few other folks, uh, the parade and everything. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of grown and grown since then. All right. You're talking about DragonCon and we know about PKA eSearch. We'll talk about that later in the podcast. So we'll let you stew on that for a minute there. And you have a couple of, you built a couple of Ectos, have you not? I've built five um, and I've worked on several others, uh, several other people's cars as well and various things but yeah the first one i built was a hearse it was uh actually it ended up being that it would have been had i held on to that car it would have been correct for the gb 2016 car it was it was an 84 sns victoria it was the same body as that car and my idea with that one was i was going to try to do dan's original idea where it was a more modern car it was dark and all the lights were going to be clear and purple and all the stuff on the roof was going to be purple. It only made it as far as getting the light bar and the logos on it. I was on the way to work one day and a lady ran a red light and T-boned me in it. And so that took that car out of commission. The next one was, uh, this was in 2008. It was a 2007 model. It was a Dodge Magnum. I was the very first person to do a Dodge Magnum Ecto. Uh, I bought it from the dealership and drove it directly to a friend's house and started drilling holes in the roof um and of course kevin henry did uh magnum ecto as well that he he was very much a self-promotion guy and he put that car out there and so more people knew of that car first than they knew of mine but i think i beat him by like two or three months in getting the car on the road uh and but that wasn't it wasn't its final form. That car kind of evolved as I had it. Uh, eventually, it, it had a GB2 livery on it. Um, it had vertical doors like a Lamborghini. It had airbag suspension. So I had 10 switches on it. I could do front, back, side to side, um, pancake. And you want to see people free. It, people freak out when they see a custom Ecto anyway. So you see them up at a red light, and, and then you just kind of drop the rear end on them, and they freak out. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that car met an unceremonious demise. It was uh, I was on the way. I had to go. I had a 59 Ford pickup truck, and the battery was dead on it. So I was leaving Walmart and then remembered I needed to go pick, get the battery charger from my parents' house. 
went to turn around in this parking lot. It's a parking lot I'd turn around in thousands and thousands of times, just a regular horseshoe at an elementary school. And unbeknownst to me, they had put a concrete barrier in the middle of the horseshoe that was painted the same color as the pavement. So by the time I saw it, it was too late. And uh, I hit it. The oil pan on those cars is aluminum. Mm -hmm. So the oil pan hit the concrete and grenaded. And I tried to turn it off as quickly as possible, but it made enough of a rotation to ruin the motor. So that told that car out. I was able to strip all the stuff off of it, though. And I actually still have the roof rack and the lights have been on several other cars. So after that, uh, the next one was a Jeep Wrangler, a four-door Jeep Wrangler. Um, that's the the vehicle that though that I took to New Hampshire. It ran in the uh, Boston St. Patrick's Parade. And after that trip, driving it up the coast, I was just done with it. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of hard to see out of. They ride real stiff, and I like to drive. I do driving events and whatnot, mm -hmm. and so. So that car had to go. So I traded it for a pickup truck. I also kind of needed a truck at the time. Anyway, the truck was black, so I did a negative ecto. I think I'm the only person that's actually done the full negative ecto in that uh, the lights were amber and the logos were kind of blue and purple and black and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you took a photo of the truck and flipped it negative, everything was the correct color except the tires. Wow. And that was kind of along the lines, Pat, uh, Patrick uh, Lachlit um, had done a uh, reverse, a negative pack and suit. And so he wore the negative pack and suit at Dragon Con the year that we ran the truck in the parade. And then after that, I had a Subaru Outback uh, that I, a 2017 Subaru Outback, same thing, brand new car, start immediately drill holes in it. Uh, that car, you know, everybody's raves about how dependable Subarus are. I don't know if that one was built on a Friday or what, but once it hit 30,000 miles, things started to fail. I had electrical system problems, I had fuel system problems, and it was all mechanical stuff. And it was one of those deals where, you know, the Lemon Law, it has to be the same problem multiple times. It doesn't count if there are a bunch of problems. And so I got rid of that thing and uh, have not had an Ecto since then. Uh, now I have a modern General Lee and a car that I refer to as the world's dumbest Mercedes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my rundown of the Ectos. Now I've worked on, uh, worked a little bit on Lauren Baldwin's car, which is an accurate 59 miller meteor. Um, I worked on uh, Fernando, had a Nissan. I worked on it. Um, there's several others. And of course, everybody else that's in, or everybody else in the Georgia Ghostbusters that's attempted a vehicle, which is really just two people, uh, Dave Norwood had a little Honda Accord that was our K9 unit car. And, uh, well, and Michael Kosky had a yellow Jeep before I had my white Jeep. And uh, who am I forgetting? Nick. Nick Dayhoff has a Harley Davidson. We did uh, we did a Harley Davidson, um, and he still has it. I built the taillights for it. It's got 59 Caddy taillights on it. So That's nice. So what's your favorite part about working on Ectos and then showing them off? What's your... What's your favorite part about that? Um, my favorite part is when people just assume it's a real company, but they can't wrap their mind around the you know ghost logo and say, "Well, but what do you do?" And so then, oh well, no, we bust ghosts. That's exactly what we do. You've seen the, the movie was actually a documentary. It was filmed in real time, and 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 you'd be surprised how many people bought. Like there was one time in particular, I was in the Magnum at mcdonald's and 
I used to keep prop stuff in the car all the time. Like I would have slime jars in the back or, or, uh, the, the book of the dead from evil dead. And I happened to have the, um, the zombie survival guide and that particular zombie survival guide at the time, I also had a hearse that kind of leaked water. And so, uh, when it rained. And so I purposely left the zombie survival guide on the dashboard during a storm so that it would get weathered. <laughs> and, uh, and which w- and it looked great. It looked like it was a years old book that had seen a lot of use. And so I met the drive through and the lady's asking if ghosts are real and that she didn't, you know, I didn't know that you guys were actually a business. So I'm like, Oh yeah, well, you know what you really need to worry about though is not so much the ghosts as the zombies because Robin's air force base is, you know, right here. And they do a lot of, they do a lot of testing with the undead because they want to use them as soldiers. She's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, really, it's true. I, like, I mean, if it weren't true, then why would this exist? And I held up the survival guide and I let her flip through it. And she gave me my food for free for keeping the world safe from zombies. <laughs> All right. So you've been a part of the Ghostbusters fan community for forever. It seems like what's your fa- uh, favorite part about being a Ghostbuster? Um, so my favorite part about being so uh, I like the community service aspect. There's a lot of franchises uh, that do a lot of charity stuff. We have not been as active just in general since around COVID time. We're trying to get back into it, but it's been a little slow going. But we used to do stuff with um, the Fraternal Order of Police and the local sheriff's office. And uh, there's an organization here in town called Kids Go Love, which is very similar to Toys for Tots. Only they, uh, well, and I think Toys for Tots has changed and they do this now too. But anyway, they only give out to the local area. And so we would kind of promote, we would do stuff in promotion with them. And then on Christmas Eve, we would ride around with Santa in our Ghostbusters gear and help deliver toys to the kids that had qualified for Kids Go Love. So that and just the friendships that I've made along the way. There are people that I never would have met in a thousand years that uh, I'm very close with and people that I'm close with from all over the world, you know, like Jules in New Zealand. Jules is actually between, between the Ghostbusters community and the Cannonball Run community. Um, I know two people in New Zealand that both work in the film industry and they don't know each other at all. <laughs> One of one of them, Ben, who lives in New Zealand, who's a cannonball guy, he has a company and he rents cars out. Um, he it specifically imports American cars <laughs> and rents them out to productions in New Zealand that need American cars. And then, of course, Jules does uh, graphic work for uh, CG for films from Marvel and deep, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's it's weird how the world the world it makes the world smaller. And of course, the internet is a huge part of that as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll get right back to more with uh, Chase Ambrose here, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. There's a new cereal in the neighborhood with old and ghosts. Tastes real good. Marshmallow ghosts. Fruit-flavored oats. Ghostbusters taste great with milk and juice and toast. A nutritious breakfast with the ghost. Ghostbusters! Fruit-flavored oats. Ghostbusters! Marshmallow ghosts. Ghostbusters! What are you gonna crunch? 
Calling all Ghostbuster fans, the coolest event of the summer is happening again in the Wisconsin Dells area for the 4th Annual Ecto Cruise. Join other Ghostbusters and the Ectomobiles for a fun 4-day event. Don't have an Ecto? That's perfectly fine. All Ghostbuster fans are invited for this event. So come join the Ghostbusters fan community for Ecto Cruise 4, June 8th through the 12th, 2023. For more information, visit the Ecto Cruise Facebook page or visit their webpage, www.ectocruise.com. All right, we're back with Chase Ambrose, Mr. Ghostbuster himself, Mr. Dukes of Hazard. Oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're literally everything that, you know, you got your cannonball run. Oh, it's just unbelievable. The uh, and there was, there was a cannonball run reunion. I don't have this as my profile photo right now. I probably will bring it back shortly. But the there was a cannonball run reunion in September in New York at this uh, Long Island, I guess technically, but um, at this big uh, concourse de elegance. I mean, million dollar cars up up there. Uh, there was, in fact, one of the, there were two of the, uh, was it the 56 Mercedes with the gold ones mm-hmm. doors? They're like $5 million. There's two of those. There's a Ferrari section. And then there's all the cannonball cars. So, like, my dumb modern General Lee Challenger is out there on the field with these, like, legends of the automotive industry. But uh, while we were there, and actually Lauren Baldwin went with me to that, but while we were there, we, uh, before we left, we swung by the Red Ball Garage, which is the starting point for the Cannonball Run, and got photos of the car there. And that's not that far from Tribeca, so we went and got pictures mm-hmm. from the firehouse as well. So, kind of my my uh, nerddoms of uh, of being a fanboy growing up on that show and that movie, having both things in the same place at one point was was really cool. And in addition to the Georgia Ghostbusters, when I was living in Mississippi, I started the Ghostbusters of Hazard, and the idea being that it's it's placed in a fictional town, so anybody can can be in wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had patches made. Lex Sand uh, made designed some shirts and stuff that he has uh, for sale on his uh, whatever that T-shirt company thing is that, that 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 they do, where anybody can contribute art. I was trying to plug. Mm-hmm. That's not a very good plug. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it's uh, it, it's been a fun ride. I love whenever you do your Dukes of Hazard cosplays. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I did a Roscoe. <laughs> um, that that Roscoe shirt was it was it's an accurate um, period accurate. I should say it's it's a real police shirt from the late seventies, early eighties. But it's short sleeve, and Roscoe always wore long sleeves. So after I did Roscoe a couple of times, I converted it. And now that's my big boss man shirt. So that's. Mm-hmm. What, big boss man i love that too because you do your wrestling too so you're you're literally a jack of all trades yep master oh. fun but jack of all or as i like to tell people when they tell me that i'm a jack of all trades at work i'm like i'm more of a jackass of all trades than anything <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm sure there's a, a lot of people listening that would refer to me in that regard as well <laughs> so you've been an, an actor extra for some pretty big shows and like you were, I asked you, I was like, I've seen you on a few episodes of The Walking Dead. I've seen you do uh, Cobra Kai. You said you're on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How did yep. you get involved with that? 
Um, so there are so many projects that shoot in Atlanta. It's actually very easy. There are three major casting groups. Uh, Central Casting is the main one. Uh, the names of the other two escape me right now. They all have Facebook pages. And you essentially sign up there uh, for Central Casting. You, actually, you have to physically go to their office in Atlanta, and they take pictures of you, headshots, and your measurements and stuff. And... Ultimately, there's no real talent involved in being an extra. It's it's literally just, for the most part, it's do you fit the costumes that we have? Um, that's exactly the way it was. Because Black Lightning is a good example. Because the episode of Black Lightning I'm in is the one that Wayne Brady's in. Right? Well, I guess he's in. He, he's in. Uh, I I know he's at least in that one. I don't know if he's in more than one because I didn't really watch that show. But. Uh, Wayne Brady's in it. Uh, the scene I'm in takes place in World War II. I originally was supposed to be an MP, but uh, they didn't like the way that the MP uniform looked on me, so they put me in a regular infantry uniform, and so I'm in a different spot. If I'd have been an MP, I would have gotten to bean Wayne Brady on the head with a pipe. So, oh. so I, was, I was very disappointed in that. Uh, not that I dislike Wayne Brady, but it would have been you know featured a uh, feature extra. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly, and uh, Walking Dead is a really good example. Michael Kosky has been on a bunch of episodes of The Walking Dead earlier in the show's run. And he's like on pinball machine, like he's everywhere. But he's super skinny, so it's real easy to apply prosthetics to him. For mm -hmm. me, I'm kind of uh, mid-sized, there was then. And so basically on Walking Dead, they have the makeup zombies with the appliances are in the front. Uh, then the next level behind them is a full mask. That's what I was. Uh, then the next one behind that is the face mask, where it's basically just got like rubber bands around it. And then behind, way off in the back are people with like, they just kind of spray a little bit of makeup on them. They put their hair down and they just hang their heads down. Mm. So, uh, but it was, it was fun. It was great fun getting to work on that stuff. Um, I, my background is actually in film. I went to film school and uh, worked for Troma Entertainment. Uh, and uh, did, a, did a bunch of low-budget movie stuff before I got into the TV news business. In fact, that's actually why I had a successful run in TV news, is I had gotten hired in production, and the guy that was the news director at the time, I don't remember if it was Terror Overload or Psycho Holocaust, but it was one of the dumb, bad movies that I'm in that he rented and saw, and he was like, hey, are you, you were, were you in a movie? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you were, had a writing credit on that. And I was like, well, yeah. So you've written professionally. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'd call that professional. But yes, I've written <laughs> something that made. And I got a paycheck, so, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that got me, that got them to have me start writing news. And then from writing, I went to reporting and then anchoring. And so here here we are. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun job, but it's, it, you know, small market like we're in it, it doesn't it's basically i pretend to work and they pretend to pay me and it <laughs> works out all right so what's your favorite appearance that you've been on for any of your tv shows or movies so i have a answer for it, it's kind of a cheat answer because there's two because they're for very different reasons um you only really see me in like there's an episode of i can't even remember the name of this show it was like it was like a spinoff of the Vampire Diaries, and I played a cop, and I'm pretty prominent in that episode, and I'm, you can see me in a couple episodes of The Resident, but my two answers are um, Cobra Kai, I'm an angry parent in Cobra Kai, and some 
some of the Alabama Ghostbusters uh, screen capped uh, me where I'm d- kind of doing like that. And uh, with the subtitles on, it says again, like right over my head with a question mark. So it was like, again? <laughs> and so that's become sort of a meme between all of us. So that is a, th- I love that. But probably the best and coolest time I had on set was on a, I, I did several episodes of The Resident as different characters because they will reuse extras as long as they don't have a recognizable featured role. Well, I was supposed to be an ambulance driver. And the stunt guy who was supposed to drive the actually drive the ambulance, they wanted it to come around a corner real hard, slide a little bit, and then slide into place in parking. And so uh, the, the stunt guy wasn't there. And so they were like, hey, can you drive? Have you ever driven an ambulance before? Like, actually, I built them at one time. So, yeah, I, I can drive an ambulance. Well, well, have you ever done any extreme driving? Like, well... I had a drag car in the NHRA and I do these cannonball run events and stuff. And they're like, Oh no, 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 no. Okay. You can, you got it. And so we did three takes of that. And you, you never see me in that episode. You just see the van action. But because I was filling stunt guy, I got stunt pay for the day. Ooh. So instead of normally your pay rate is like 150 or so for 12 to 16 hours. Um, that day I ended up actually only working and I was only really on set because normally they keep you on set forever, but I was only really on set maybe a total of three hours and I got a thousand dollars. So I'd say that's a good deal. Yeah. yeah that had that <laughs> like looking up, well, well, how can I be a stunt driver? And then I was like, oh, you have to take it. There's a place in California. You have to take a course and you know, not necessarily guaranteed work. And I'm like, I'm in my mid forties, man. I don't need to, I don't need to start start a new stunt career now. All right. I don't want to bring some tears to your eyes, but obviously me and you, we've had we lost a great friend of ours, uh Ryan Kemp. Uh met Ryan many times up here when I did Chicago Comic Cons. And he, you met him down there doing your your events down in Georgia. You, what's your best Ryan Kemp memory? Uh, he came to my wedding. He was at my wedding, and uh, but that's that. I think probably one of my favorite memories of him is we were doing a different television station that I used to work at. That's also here in the same town. Used to do a thing on Halloween in our indoor mall. And because I had weird cars, they would always use my cars. And so I had, I think during this one, I had the Magnum Ecto and I had an old hearse and they were both inside the mall set up, you know, as as a display. And I'm in my Ghostbusters gear and I look up and there's Ryan Kemp. He just shows up at this Halloween giveaway, candy giveaway at a Macon mall. Kemp lived in Western Kentucky. It's not like he was, he was right, right door. And I just saw, I was like, what the hell are you doing here? He goes, uh, oh, well, you know, I was only like two states away when I saw you post about it. So I figured I might as well come out. Yeah, that, that that's him. He would just like pop up in the random spaces. And we always had a joke when the Chicago guys, and we're like, what did he do for a living? Uh, like, is he like a mafia hitman or? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a common thing. I, uh, I, it's a secret that needs to be kept. I know the answer. I'll just leave it at that. But 
but it's a, it's a secret because it's far more interesting to have the mystery of uh, of what the hell did Kemp do? Um, and 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 again, my really really that was just an example of how he would just pop up. But I guess ultimately my favorite story is going to have to be the cool stuff. Um, we did a contest on GB fans where the prize was one of throwing chickens, proton wand kits. And the idea was you had to take a picture or video that was you impersonating me doing some, do, and, and we had like some different photos of me as examples and stuff. And Kemp took a picture in a fez with a pipe because I was big into fezes and pipes at the time. This is, this is before Doctor Who took the fez away from me. But, um, and he used magic marker to draw on his beard. And he drew tattoos on his arms. But he couldn't, he knew that I had the Georgia Ghost logo here, but he couldn't remember what any of this stuff was. Um, and so he just wrote cool stuff on his arm because <laughs> he was like i don't remember what it is but it's cool stuff. and so i ended up getting cool stuff tattooed on my arm in the same place and uh which ended which i'm really glad i did because he he commented on the picture he was like uh i hope you appreciate having a piece of me on your skin forever and i do i really do it's it's it makes me it makes me happy and a little teary-eyed every now and then when i look at it but uh but yeah cool stuff that's that's probably my favorite ryan story all right with the everybody if they don't know what pke search is it's when all you ghostbusters come down to dragon con and just wreck wreck the place yep i've I've heard some interesting stories down there it's it's the largest (laughs) annual gathering of ghostbusters uh in the world and uh it it can be great fun i've gotten up to some shenanigans uh, I can tell this story because the statute of limitations would be over it, but I stole an ambulance one time and <laughs> drove it around. It was an active ambulance. They were on call at one of the hotels. And the guy, I, I had heard one of the guys talking to the driver, and he was like, well, make sure, because the I guess they got out and pulled the gurney out before the guy parked the ambulance. He was then going to position the ambulance. So like, well, make sure you position it this way because it's going to be a pain in the ass to load them the other way or whatever. And they're they're up on this floor, you know, get it stopped and come up and help. So they get the gurney in there and the guy parks the ambulance and goes up there. And I just got in it and drove around the block and then backed it in the exact way that the guy told him not to park it. And then, and then got out and just kind of blended back in with the crowd. <laughs> he came back and the guys yelled at him. like, no, I'm telling you, I parked it that way. All right. Well, it's almost that time to wrap us up. I know it's been a great time hanging out with you there, Chase. I appreciate you coming in. How can someone get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of the Ghost- Georgia Ghostbusters? Oh, you can't. Uh, no, there's a, we just have a Facebook page. It's just Georgia Ghostbusters. I think it's the only one that comes up when you just search for Georgia Ghostbusters. There are other Ghostbusters franchises in uh, the state, but we are the uh, first and the best. The first, the only, and the best. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So thank you, Chase, for stopping by. Always come back again. We'll come in and check up on you because, of course, you got to have some more other projects oh, online. Yeah. We'll have, uh, I'll be able to tell if anybody's interested in any of the Cannonball stuff. I actually just did a run. It wasn't a full Cannonball. It's called the Southern Classic. It's based on Smokey and the Bandit. So it's from Atlanta to Texarkana and back. Just did that last weekend. So I have uh, 
have lots more stories uh, whenever you want, man. I'm, I'm down to come back. All right. Thank you once again, Chase. If you want to keep on listening to our podcast, well, if you're listening on Spotify, follow us on Spotify. If you're listening on iTunes, follow us on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook. We're under Ecto Cruising Podcast. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for sticking by and listening to our podcast today. We'll be back with another episode, I believe, in two weeks. So we'll be back with another episode for episode six. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week and keep on cruising. That wasn't such a charnel, was it?